Today, we've got a wide variety of strategies we're going to go over from a couple of SSP veterans. Kean's going to tell us what's new with sourcing and shipping, and Chris is also going to talk about how to protect your listings against the bad players out there. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hey guys, heads up. Kevin King is the new host of the AMPM podcast. So if you love Amazon strategy, make sure to subscribe to it. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, take a listen to AM slash PM podcast just by searching for it on that platform. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. we got a couple of people who help serious sellers out there. And speaking of hats, you guys didn't see I was pointing to my, my BS hat, which stands for Bradley Sutton, not anything else. Don't get it twisted, guys. But Kian... You're not wearing a hat. What's going on? You, you and I have this reputation to uphold where we always are on videos with hats and, and you're kind of slipping here. What's going on? You know what? Like I've, I've been giving it some thought and I was like, I just turned 35 recently and I was like, you know what? Is this the time that I get rid of the hats? Do I, have I started a new era here? And uh, I've, I've done a few shows without hats. It might make a comeback. It's still on scale. I don't know if people are wanting to see the hat back. Maybe I'll bring it back, but that's where I'm at right now. I've got some in the back, Bradley. So for you, I don't mind to go and put one on. <laughs> Yeah, knowing you, you'd probably put a stinking Lakers one up, and we don't need any of that nonsense on this podcast. Uh, here, if you had a Clippers hat, we, we'd be okay, or a Helium 10 hat is, is uh, appropriate as well. Uh, but we've got, you know, Ken, you've been on the podcast before, and we also got Chris here, who's been on the podcast before, um, back in the day, and, and we wanted to kind of reach out to you guys, see what you guys are up to now, what's what's buzzing in your, you know, uh, section of the world, and also, you know, give a little preview of what you guys are going to be talking about at the Sell and Scale uh, Summit. So so first of all, uh, Ken, in what part of the world are, are you right now? Yeah, right now I'm in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. I'm just here for summer. Uh, I live in Dubai. I'm actually heading back there in a couple of days. But uh, yeah, just so far in the last Still too early just... to go back to Dubai. It's, it's still crazy hot over there, isn't it? I know, I know. I've, I've been here for two and a half months, so and it's like I only get three months here because I'm now a resident of Dubai, so I've got three months max in the UK. So ah. I'm just sort of, uh, I'm going back. Uh, but I'm actually only going to be home for like maybe three weeks, then I go to Australia to speak at an event there, and then we're heading over to Vegas for sale and scale. So yeah, it's not going to be too bad. Excellent, excellent. Life of an entrepreneur, you can live pretty much anywhere in the world and, and still handle your your business. Chris, you still you still here in uh, California? Yep, in uh, Hermosa Beach. Yeah, well, you, you don't have to worry about the the kind of weather that that Keen has to worry about in 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 Dubai. That's that's kind of crazy. Now we're we're here to talk yep. about not about weather, but about you know the Amazon and, and Walmart world. Chris, are, are uh, you you still kind of strictly Amazon, or or you, you kind of like dabbling with anything else like Walmart or anything like that? Yep. So some of my clients were actually helping get onto Walmart right now. Starting to see a lot of traction um, on the Walmart side. Still, majority any of the same issues, you know, like like on Amazon, you know, obviously your specialty is, you know, helping people get unsuspended or, or, or protecting their listings against, you know, hijacking and stuff like that. Like, do you see some of those things already happening on Walmart or not? Not so much. Well, the most interesting thing on the, on Walmart is I think a lot of people have kind of neglected it, and there's a lot of sellers who may get in trouble on the Amazon's, uh, you know, website, and they'll take their product and they'll go list it under your brand name on Walmart. And so when you go to list your products, all of a sudden you have a competitor that you didn't have on the on the Amazon side of things. So that's wow. kind of um, one of the things um, with Walmart. You want to make sure you get your brand registered with your GS1 documentation so you can actually mm -hmm. control your listing and who's allowed to get onto it. 
So it's a lot different than than uh, Amazon because you can actually get a hold of people and talk to a human who's right here in the U.S. that can actually help you with some of the issues you may be having since there's such a new company or this is such a new part of uh, Walmart with the Walmart fulfillment services. Okay. All right. We're going to come back to you and, and get some strategies uh, in, in a little bit and also talk about what you're going to uh, do on sale and skill. But uh, on the flip side here, uh, Ken, you know, you, for, for months now, you've been giving different updates and things on 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 shipping status and factories and and I'm just curious, you know, what's the situation in China right now with you know COVID and are there still lockdowns where ports are getting locked down or factories are getting locked down, electricity blackouts and and what's the status with like shipping times? Uh, you know, I haven't haven't really talked to you about that in a couple of months. I'm just wondering, you know, uh, August September, what, what's going on? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think rather the good news is that uh, there's no good news to report. And uh, I actually just a couple of hours ago, I just did a, a straight from the source episode live with Cassandra and I gave the full update. Uh, but essentially shipping costs right now are the lowest they've been in over a year. So now is actually the perfect time to ship products. Like, uh, you know, at the end of last year, we were looking at, you know, $20,000 for a container, but now we can get roughly four and a half to $6,000 for a container from Ooh, uh, China nice. to the U.S., so it's actually like the lowest it's, it's been in a long time. And this is actually a very, very good time at the moment because the prices will start to creep up as we get closer to Q4 because that's just a busier time. And then as we get closer to Chinese New Year, which will be January 22nd in 2023, uh, the capacity and the demand and all that will, will increase. So if over the last like year and a half, you've been in a situation where you're like, you know what, uh, I'm sitting on stock, I've put some stock in my, in my supplier's warehouse, I'm waiting for that right time where the prices come down for me to ship it. Now is actually that time where like, it's probably the best price you're going to get of the year uh, between now and the next like 30 days or so. Then it'll gradually start to keep uh, creep up as we get closer to Q4. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Now, um, as we mentioned, you know, we're all excited for a sell and scale summit and, and you guys are going to be um, not not on stage together, but you know we are pairing up some some interesting people. But you guys aren't paired up. But you guys are, are speaking at different times. So so Chris, first of all, what are you going to be talking about? I don't even know <laughs> at Sellscale <laughs> Summit. And then yeah. you know, can you give us a little preview of a you know a little teaser of of uh, um, of what you're going to be talking about so that people can get excited? Yep. So I'm going to be talking about the brand protection piece and some of the more new, interesting, like unheard of tactics that people are doing to unfortunately try to disrupt your sales velocity by either taking your listing down or taking over your listing. I was just, right before we got on, I was telling Keon that I was dealing with somebody that's actually at this moment has taken over a listing that we manage um, and enrolled in the transparency program to basically block us from sending an inventory on our own listing. It's a crazy behind the scenes Amazon um, tale that hopefully will be remedied here in the next 10 to 15 days. But, you know, the basically really puts a damper on it. If I have a shipment coming in from uh, China that's about to hit the warehouse, and if I don't have transparency labels that match, Amazon will basically mark all my units defective and tell me I got to basically remove them from Amazon. So I'm kind of under a time crunch figuring out how to stop this from happening. Um, and you know, Amazon is a little bit bigger, so it's very difficult to get to the right source quickly. Um, so kind of some real life experiences that I'm dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis with different brands I manage or own. Um, so it's kind of, uh, there's always something new going on. So I'll bring, bring in basically some of the newer things and strategies on how to combat that to, uh, the audience at sell and scale. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what about you, Ken? Uh, what are you uh, speaking about? 
I'm, so I'm super excited. I'm actually on a panel with uh, Trevin Peterson and Melissa Vong, and we're covering product research. Melissa, your product. sister from another mister, right? It, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Melissa and I get on really well. Uh, we've done loads. We, we met in China and we've done um, a bunch of different cool stuff together. So excited to share a panel again together. But uh, essentially, we're covering product research, product development, and product sourcing. And what's really cool is that, like, Trevin Peterson, Melissa Vong, and myself have all got different methods in terms of product development and product sourcing. And what's cool is that, like, you know, Melissa might be more into, like, the beauty and the cosmetics and sourcing from USA and Latin America. I've got the whole Asia-China side covered. I think Trevin's, like, really strong in sort of product research. And it's just cool to hear different people's perspective because Trevin might be a lot more focused on the actual keyword volume and stuff like that, whereas I'm much more so, let me just develop the best product and then the market will come to me type thing. So you're going to hear, and as you know, in this industry, like, not there's not one right way. People can sure. be successful doing many different uh, methods and ways. So it's going to be cool to for the three of us to be on the panel together and the i think the title of the panel is taking a product from zero to a million dollars because we've all invented or developed a product which we've done a million dollars in sales and so we're all going to share our stories around those types of products and then the additional uh, bonus is that we are the presentation which is right before the main keynote which is gary v so we're going to have a full house full audience there's going to be some uh, uh, additional uh, pressure as well because i know that gary watches the the presentations before he goes on so it's going to be cool we're going to bring our a game we're going to bring our a game anyway but uh, now it's just going to be a little bit better that's 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 awesome all right so now uh back to chris you know let, let you know with, without get talk you know uh talking about the the stuff you're going to be talking about at uh Salescale. what i want to do is kind of go back and forth uh, uh between both you guys on different strategies on what you guys are you know it could be about you know, what you guys do, or it could be just something else you, you've learned uh, recently along the way. But real quick, I almost forgot, before I do that, um, I've been letting the speakers uh, at SoundScale know when they come on here on the podcast, you know, a lot of them did not see the fine print when they signed to speak. But speaking at SoundScale also requires you to be present and on stage in my Zumba fitness dance class that I'm doing on day one. So I just want to make sure you guys were, you know, if you didn't see that fine print that you pack uh, appropriate clothing some tight shorts and 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 tank tops, uh, colorful I'm ones. Actually, and I'm bringing a crazy sock. There we go. He does see. See, Chris already did his research. He knows about the crazy socks. Uh, I read fine so. print now. I've gotten too many things. I've gotten caught up. I need to make sure I always read those contracts. You know. Yes. Hey, yes. Excellent. I'll, I'll do it if Tomer does it. Oh, uh, to, yeah. Tomer's got to. You know, he's he signed that contract too. So so Tomer's got to got to get there on, on stage as well. All right. So now that that's uh, taken care of, uh, the important stuff. L let's get into the strategies. Actually, uh, Kian, why don't you start us off? We're gonna go back and forth here with some different strategies about what you guys think sellers should should be or should not be doing uh, out there right now. Um, especially getting we're almost getting to Q4 here. So so Kian, what's what's your first strategy of the day for us? Sure. So I've got a cool one, right? So I was at the, an outdoor exhibition in Munich, right, in June, July. And what was really cool is to see the biggest brands in the outdoor space. There was North Face, Patagonia, Jack Wolfskin, all these guys. And what was really uh, interesting is that their main focus for all these brands was on sustainability, you know, eco-friendly products, packaging, sustainable materials, recyclable materials, organic materials, stuff like that. And the outdoor industry always reacts first to these types of changes because, you know, sell, providing products for the outdoors, we have to protect our outdoors and stuff like that. And normally they set trends, which the rest of the industry follows a little bit later on. But people have been um, talking about sustainability for a long time. But what the difference now is that there's full transparency in it. Rather than saying that this product comes from recycled materials, it's like, hey, 23% of this polyester was recycled. And that polyester was gathered from ropes that were pulled out of uh, fishing nets that were pulled out of the ocean and stuff like that. And they've got images from their supply chain of that sort of stuff. 
Now, what that means to the typical Amazon seller is that Amazon is taking notice of this as well. So they've got something called Amazon's Climate Pledge Friendly. And you can actually Google that. There's a link. There's an Amazon website. It says Climate Pledge Friendly. And it rewards the sellers which has some sort of sustainability, eco-friendly, recyclable materials in their products. And they give you a Climate Pledge Friendly badge. And the same way you can search for products which are prime, you can also search for products which are Climate Pledge Friendly. So it kind of ranks you in a different list and ranks you higher and gives you a special badge. And this, the sellers are probably thinking, well, how, how do I how do I get eco-friendly you know, materials into my product? You can literally just go to that website, Amazon's Climate Pledge Friendly, and it tells you the certifications. And obviously, there's so many different certifications, whether your product is wood, metal, steel, polyester, whatever it may be. But then you can just ask your factory, hey, uh, do you have any eco-friendly materials for this product? Do you have any sustainability sourcing for this product? And 100% of them say, yeah, no problem, we have that. And then you say, cool, well, can you send me the certification? And then probably 10% of them will be able to show you certification. So the ones that show you that certification, then you can use that for your Amazon listing, get that Climate Pledge Friendly badge, and then as a result, uh, you could be deemed a sustainable company. And I could go very, very deep into sustainability. I'm very, very passionate about it, but I just want to give a quick uh, tip around that. Definitely check out Amazon's Climate Pledge Friendly. Talk to your manufacturers and make sure that your supply chain, your products, your packaging is uh, eco-friendly. And by the way, it doesn't add much cost either. I just want to make that clear. Interesting. I like it. I like it. All right, all right Chris, what about you? Like maybe something that people can do to protect their, their listings or, or how people can, you know, some common things you've been seeing uh, about suspensions or, or hijacking. It could be about anything you want. Go, go ahead, Chris. Yep. Well, real quick, I just want to piggyback on what he just said. Um, there's okay. actually an offer right now Amazon has. Uh, they're offering twenty or five twenty thousand dollar grants to small businesses for innovative um what is it? innovative high quality products built with sustainability in mind so just another reason to do that they're having a twenty thousand dollar grant i can send you the link after to post in the show notes but uh they're doing this for five different people gives you access um, access to amazon launchpad some guidance and different selling opportunities with that climate pledge friendly um marking on your listing so just want to throw that out there. Just saw that email like three days ago and applied for it because I do have a product that I work with that does that. Um, in regards to listing protection, one of the biggest things that's been happening is real rampant right now is competitors, like we I mentioned before, their big thing is not necessarily taking down your listing for a long period of time and just making you go out of business. It's trying to stop the velocity you have and the rise in sales rate. And one of the ways that they're doing that is they are marking and uploading um, flat files with your stuff on it. And they're, they're figuring out where there's an empty space in one of your flat files and they're putting restricted words in there, whether it's something related to smoking, something related to adult, you know, adult toys, something related to that. They'll upload it. Amazon flags it. There is no, no bypass. Once it gets flagged, it removes your listing and they have a four day basically period where they check to make sure your item is not actually a restricted category and then your sales obviously go to zero. That listing drops down, and now you got to restart from scratch. Essentially, um, not scratch, but you got to re basically spend money to build yourself back up to the ranking you're at prior. Wow. So, so like, what what can you do? I mean, is there anything you can do to kind of kind of avoid uh, getting in that situation? So you need to download your flat file and you need to fill out every single space. I don't care if it's not related to your listing whatsoever. Like if it's you're, you're selling an item and it asks you what the fabric type is, put NA. Fill out every single piece of that flat file and upload it. And if you do that, that should stop them from being able to do something because they're going to go into Amazon Canada, Amazon Mexico. They do the listing updates on other marketplaces 
where you may not have brand registry. And if there's some contribution that can come from the outside into your current listing, that's what flags you on the restricted side. Crazy, crazy. Uh, all right, back, back to uh, Kian. Hopefully, it's something that not, doesn't scare people like Chris just didn't offer. That's actually important, I apologize. You know, guys. <laughs> no, this this stuff happens, and we need to know how to how to deal with it. So it's important that we we, we talk about it. Uh, Kian, go ahead. Something I found super interesting, and I think the last episode I did of uh, Straight from the Source, I actually interviewed three of my favorite manufacturers in China. And, you know, I, I've got eyes and ears inside the factory, send in product in pre-shipment inspection companies, I do WeChat calls, all that sort of stuff. But what I found really interesting, so I've not been back to China since this whole thing started, which was 2019. And, like, I was speaking to the factories, I was like, what do I not know about China that's really changed in the last sort of two or three years? And they said, you'll be very surprised to see the amount of AI and the amount of robotics which are used in factories now. I'm like, really? I was like, well, in what way? Because like, let's say, for example, a typical backpack, a product that I would make, like a T-shirt, hoodie, tent, sleeping bag, backpack, it's all cut and sew, right? And they were saying that like, okay, so for example, you have a fabric roll, which is 1.5 meters wide and 1,000 yards long. Typically, what you would do is that they would get, when they put that fabric out, they would get a chalk, they would have a stencil of like the back panel of a backpack, they would chalk around that, scissors would cut around it, whatever machine press come down. But now it's like a brown paper that comes out and a robotic pencil comes out, it does like the outline, it then like cuts it by itself. So they're less reliant on labor because they were having a lot of issues with like workers not being able to come back to work, workers taking other jobs, it's like delivery drivers, um, you know, the factory workers like you can't really get any young people to work in factories anymore. So we're having all sorts of challenges with labor. Demand was really creeping up. So they were like, you're going to see a lot of AI and robotics in factories now, which I think is going to have short-term price increases, but long-term price decreases because you have those like fixed costs associated with the AI and the robotics, which would be quite expensive. But as time progresses, six months, a year, two years goes by, then you no longer have that labor cost. And then you can actually produce a lot more goods as well. So I thought that was super interesting. And I think it's anyone listening, you know, whatever product it is that you're manufacturing, whether it's in the Far East or other parts of the world, I would always just ask your factory, hey, what are you guys doing with robotics or AI? Have you guys got any tech advancements in your factory? And uh, just get them to explain it to you, show some photos, show some videos, because I think that's going to be the future of a lot of our manufacturing. Very interesting. You know, yeah. I mean, I haven't been to China even longer than you. I think it's probably been, you know, at least four years since I've been there. And and, you know, when you when you visit the factories, I mean, they're, they're so efficient, but it's just like, you know, assembly lines of, of people, you know, like very rarely, if any, I don't even know if I ever saw any kind of robotics or something in any of the factory lines. And, you know, I just saw 500 people, you know, in there. So it's kind of uh, interesting to wrap my mind about uh, how if they start integrating this, you know, how, how the efficiency could get even better in the future. Interesting. All right, Chris, back to you. Anything else like, you know, maybe something, you know, you can give us an experience of something one of your clients uh, or yourself ha- has gone through and. And hopefully it's something that didn't that that actually had resolution as opposed to nope uh, they ended up uh, not having to sell on Amazon anymore because they got screwed over. But uh, anything well, that, you, that that you could tell us? Yeah, I was going to say. So we do um, obviously we do some brand management stuff, and so we're bringing a lot of our clients onto Walmart.com. Um, and so this is a good piece of news. I'm not going to just you know say the world's going to collapse here after I tell you another thing. But um, <laughs> one of the things with bringing your listings over to Walmart is if you have a direct-to-consumer website and you have reviews on your direct-to-consumer website, I don't think a lot of people know about this. It's kind of like a little bit of a little nugget that a lot of people don't know, but you can actually apply on walmart.com to use a syndication partner that they work with, and you can take every review that is on your existing direct-to-consumer website and put it on your listings on walmart.com. So if you do that, you can actually launch products on walmart.com with you know, 50, 100 reviews. And that's one of the biggest ranking, 
um, pieces in, in the Walmart algorithm. And so, you know, a lot of different things with Amazon, you got to spend a ton of money, PPC, all these yeah. things to try to move your products to the top. With Walmart, you can start at the top if you can actually get your reviews moved from your direct-to-consumer website over to uh, walmart.com. I know people oh, oh, wish that Amazon, you could do that, then you wouldn't have to worry about starting off with zero reviews. Uh, that, that's actually pretty uh, pretty cool right there. And, and then, guys, remember, yeah. uh, we, we talked about Sell and Scale Summit. You know, Walmart is the is one of the sponsors and, and they will actually have people on hand. So, you know, if you've been getting, if you've been having trouble, you know, getting approved for, for selling on Walmart, you know, you might be able to, to get some of those uh, issues resolved while you're at sell and scale summit. Uh, all right. Uh, go, going back to you, uh, Kian, a- any tips that you can give us about, Hey, now all of a sudden, you know, maybe prices are, are going down. Like, like, like w- what's your opinion on pricing strategy? You know, like, uh, have you seen, did, did people raise their prices, um, you know, during the, this, you know, the last year where container prices were 15 grand and 20 grand, um, or do you think they were taking a loss, just hoping the prices went down? You know, what, what did you see there? And like, what do you suggest sellers should, uh, should do now? Just wait to see what their competition does, um, or should they lower it to get the advantage if they're paying lower? What's some strategy you can give us there? So it's super interesting, right? So say, for example, for the last like 18 months or two years, right, there was a lot of demand from Chinese factories. There was a lot more orders going in. So suppliers could kind of, they would have longer lead times. They could pick and choose which orders they wanted to do. So in terms of like getting the best price, there's t- kind of two different scenarios. Are you talking to a new factory for the first time and developing this product from scratch? Or is it your existing factory that you're just reordering as you normally were? And if you were just reordering, suppliers are like willing to sort of drop the prices for you, try and keep it the same. Even if their prices have gone up, their raw material price, their labor cost has gone up, they're trying to keep the price the same. And I, I broke this down with a, with a few suppliers on that last episode as well. And the way they were explaining it was, hey, if I've made money from you before and I'm going to make money from you again in the future, meaning we've worked together for many years, we're going to work together in the future as well, I'm okay to ride this period out and break even or even make a small loss if it means that it maintains our in our business and our friendship and our relationship. But if you're a new customer and I've never spoke to you before and you inquire day one, I'm going to give you the actual market price. So that means that you're always going to get a better price if you're working with your existing supplier. Now, you have to sort of nurture and develop those relationships, but... Let's say, for example, you're a new seller doing your product for the first time and you're like, well, what do I do here? Because everyone's going to get better prices than me. It's really, really important that you can build leverage with the new suppliers that you're talking to. So, for example, like I wouldn't go on Alibaba.com and find your product and be like, hey, uh, how much for 300 pieces? What's your MOQ? Can I get customized packaging? You need to actually write a very tailored message to build leverage for yourself. So, for example, I would tell the factory why I chose them and why I want to work with them. So I'd look at their patient. I'd see that, okay, they're in business for 15 years. They've attended several Canton fairs. I can see that they've got 300 workers. I can see that they've got like all these different types of sewing machines. And that's all verified information. So I know it's true. And I would say, hey, I would love to work for your factory because of X, Y, Z. I like that you have this. That also aligns with our core values of quality. I, t- I can tell you're going to be a good partner for the long term and for the future. All those buzzwords that they want to hear. And then I would explain a little bit about myself. So if I'm doing like a yoga mat, for example, but it's my first time, I would say, hey, I've been a yoga instructor for 12 years. I've got my own studio. I work with the biggest influ- yoga influencers in this space. And in China, they call them KOLs, uh, key, key opinion leaders. I work with the biggest KOLs in the yoga space, excited to launch this product with you, et cetera, et cetera. So now that supplier is like, right, 
because suppliers not thinking how much money I'm going to make from this order. They're thinking how much money am I going to make from this customer over the next three, five, ten years. So if you explain, right, I've found all these things about you. This is what I like about you. I'm, I'm going to be here for the long term. This is what we bring to the table. We know all the KOLs. Then they're like, cool, this is going to be one of those good customers. And then they're now aligned to sort of give you their best service and their best price. But if you were just like, hey, I need the best price for 200 pieces, they're like, I've got another 300 inquiries like that. That one goes to yeah. the bottom of the pile. So it's very, very important how you communicate to build leverage. Well, sp- speaking of that, before we go back to Chris, I-, I had a question for you. You know, like, yeah, I know you can't, you know, you don't have any exact information on this. It- it's all guessing, but you know, one of the important things about maintaining a good relationship with with uh, suppliers uh, is, you know, eventually, if if you're at that level, you know, so you- you've talked about this before, is actually visiting them, you know, in person and building a relationship that way, going out for drinks and karaoke and stuff like that. But obviously, as we all know, you know, for for over two years now, you haven't been able to do that. Any idea on when? Um, you know, non-citizens uh, of China are going to be able to, to visit the country again? Like, do you hear any scuttlebutt around there of, of, of rumors about when it might open up? Or Yeah, sure. I've actually got my crystal ball here under the table, so let me just get this one out. Yeah, Magic no, eight I, ball and shake it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we can get some animation graphic of me just spinning it. No, um, <laughs> my, my, my intuition tells me that, like, that what, what they're doing, like China not like, allowing, like, foreigners and stuff like that is really damaging to their economy. So, I would say that January 2023 is Chinese New Year. They're probably going to let Chinese New Year pass because Chinese New Year is the biggest people migration in the world. There's over 100 million people that travel within China. So I don't think they want to welcome foreigners and tourists back before then. But I would imagine once that Chinese New Year migration happens and February, March next year, I think that's when they'll start to gradually open up. And you can kind of see that from other countries around China in Asia, like Hong Kong has really loosened restrictions. They're welcoming people people back. Singapore is completely open. So the countries around China are now gradually starting to let people back in. So I think China will uh, eventually follow suit. Uh, but in your messaging with your suppliers, even if you're working with a new supplier, I would always say, like show your intention that you plan to visit China because that, that's really important for getting the best service and the best price because you can say, look, when travel opens back up, I look forward to meeting you in China, visiting your factory. So if you're talking to a supplier and you say like, you know, how many workers have you got in your factory? And they tell you 500, but they've only actually got 200. By you saying, hey, I'm going to visit your factory when travel opens back up, they kind of have to give you their honest hmm. information from day one because they know you're coming. So I would make that yeah, very yeah. clear that you're going to be there at when, tra- when travel opens back up there. It's a good point. Good point. All right. Uh, b- back to Chris, you know, the, 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 you can go ahead and scare us again. Like, like I said, I, I, I make light <laughs> of it, but at the same time, it's, it's important. We know what goes on. We don't want people having blinders on it there and, and be totally shocked when something happens. You know, Hey guys, uh, let's keep it real. Bad things sometimes happen on Amazon. They happen on any platform, you know, or any, if you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, there's always uh, malicious people out there who could do something to you. So it's, it's better that we know about it and, and know that it's not the end of the world. So what's something else that, that you're seeing other than like this, this ASIN hijacking, like you talked about where people try and, you know, put some forbidden keywords uh, in different sections of your listing. What, what is, what have some of your clients been having to deal with lately? Well, some of the things that are, you know, just average or it seems like it's day to day. Everybody seems to have issues like this where they get a hijacker to pop on their listing. They try to change the listing just in a different way that we're, than we were just talking about. And I think when when sellers start, people are usually on a shoestring budget and then they hear it takes, you know, eight months to get a trademark and they don't want to spend the money and you know, $1,500 to use the Amazon accelerator program to, um, I think it's called the accelerator, whatever the, the program is that they have that allows you to get um, brand registered if you use one of their uh, attorneys. You know, it's like $1,500 to get a trademark through them. 
Um, yeah. If you actually apply for yourself through like Trademark Engine or one of those other sites and you get your serial number, not your registration number, but your serial number, I think it is, maybe it'd be, it's whatever one comes first. Once you get mm-hmm. that, it takes about one week or so once it's filed, you can actually yeah. use that to get brand registry before it'd be the same thing as paying the $1,500 for that other um, using an attorney. You can actually do it through Trademark Engine and get your brand registry and all the benefits for it right then. And once you have your brand registry, Amazon sees that as if you are a trademarked person or a trademarked uh, brand. And if somebody jumps on your listing, you can report them for counterfeit if they are counterfeiting and actually trying to impersonate your brand that you have on Amazon. So cheap and quick so you can start protecting your brand immediately versus thinking it's eight months. Man, I don't want to launch because I'm so worried that somebody can take over my brand or whatnot once I get on Amazon and I'm not going to be – a registered trademark owner, you can protect your actual listings through brand registry that way. Now, I remember back in the day, if you if you never had a trademark before, that would work. But then, like, like let's say in one account, you know, I have I only have one Seller Central account, yep. and I already have brand registry, and now I'm opening up a new brand. Can I still qualify for that now? Because back in the day, it used to be like, no, it only worked the first time, and then the other, the other, if you have a second one, you have to wait till you actually get the the full registration. And so that what I would do to get around that. Because you know, I only have one Project X account, for example, but we have multiple brands there. Is I would yep. go in and do a German trademark because it would only take me like a week and a half to get that, and I, I would have a full registration number. But has that mm-hmm. changed uh, at all? I haven't done any of the foreign trademarks to expedite. Um, I mm-hmm. but regarding having more than one trademark and then trying to do the what I just said, it yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah, a difference yeah. if you have one, three, five. I have like nine ah. in one account, and we just did that on one that we literally just filed on Trademark Engine. Like it might have been seven days ago. Um, Amazon may okay, do excellent. a review, but they're going to, they're still going to allow you to be able to be basically brand registered with that trademark. Another okay, way to awesome. also strengthen that is obviously when you're creating your UPC codes is to actually have a GS1 certificate showing that it's a registered ah, to that yeah. brand. That's kind of like a second. They're like, well, we, you know, if that, that'd be like a second piece of ammo to try to get it and make sure it gets pushed through. Okay. Yeah. I heard that's a, that's a thing people are dealing with uh, lately about GS. If they didn't, you know, like, let's say they bought their barcode from like speedy barcodes or something like that, Guilty. you know, which Very is not suggested. Times. Oh, that was you, huh? And then yeah. have you, have you gotten any of your, uh, ASIN suspended for that? And then you have to like get a real GS one. Um, this, this, this also just happened as well. Um, they said they needed to do a review. They wanted GS one documentation. They yanked mm-hmm. all the pictures off all the listings down. This is in the middle of a launch, by the way. So wow. very costly, very timely to to get them to actually to find somebody. They don't send Amazon's been really bad about sending emails for why they're doing things. All of a sudden, I, you know, I yeah. use the Amazon uh, or sorry, Helium 10's hijack hijacker product yep. monitoring. So yep. I'm getting a notification. Your pictures are gone. Your listing is inactive, whatever. I'm like, yeah. what the heck? No emails, no nothing. You have to spend two hours on the phone and speak to them. They're like, oh, yeah, we need to see your UPC code registration. I'm like, how come nobody emailed me? What if I just had a hundred yeah. listings? I wasn't paying attention. So oh my goodness. Um, that is something that's happening to a lot of people actually right now. So make sure you do that and spend the money. Unfortunately, it's not cheap for the GS1 um, prefixes so that you can actually get those um, and have the documentation. Cool. All right. Good to know. Now, um, anything else, Kian, uh, for us or what's upcoming for you other than Sell and Scale Summit? Like you have any other cool trips planned or uh, any other big, uh, big things that you're like, you start a new brand or anything going on in the business side of your life? Getting married. I, I, I mean, it could be a personal thing. Any, anything. Let us know what's going on. I've, I've got a couple of cool things, actually. So um, I'm just um, I'm working with Foundry. because so, so Melissa and I did the, 
an Amazon course with Founder, uh, but now yeah. I'm doing two new courses with them. I'm doing one course on product development and one course on supply chain, full A to Z, everything nice. you need to know. And uh, we're actually recording that in LA after selling scale. So I'm super excited about that because I'm just going to sort of let it rip for a few hours, talk everything I know about product development and apply that in lots of different ways. So I think that's going to be really cool. Um, still single. Uh, so if there's any nice females listening, feel free to reach out. Um, <laughs> we, we did like a, like a, like a, Tinder, Bumble, what's the other one? Bum, bum, um, you got Bumble, Hinge. Yeah. Hinge. Bumble, Bumble. For, for Amazon sellers. That's uh, a great idea. You know, back in the day, you know, five years ago, it would have been like 95% male yeah. there. But, but you know, there's a lot more diversity I see. At least, you know, when I go to conferences, it's a lot different than it was like a few years ago. So who knows? There, there's a product, there, there's an uh, application idea for, <laughs> that, that'll be the new uh, the new feature of the Helium 10 app, you know, swipe left on Chris, you know, swipe right on Kia. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> now all of a sudden our downloads go through the roof of, of Helium 10. But <laughs> right. uh, hey guys, um, all, all jokes aside, you know, hey, conferences are another great way to meet uh, meet people with, with similar interests. You know, a lot of times you, you, you tell people, friends and, you know, potential people that you want to get in your network, what you do and like, what you, you sell on Amazon or what, you know, like, but Hey, you go to an Amazon conference, like sales scale, these are all people interested in the, in the same thing as you. So it might be a, a, a place to find that future mate. Anyways. Uh, well, I think that would make for a great episode. Actually, if you get, if you did an episode, with like a panel of four people, uh, single male, single female, and then like a married male, married female, and just talk about how you manage relationships being in this e-commerce game. I'm sure there'd be like loads of cool tips and tricks around that. Well, I, I actually tried for that like three years ago. Uh, I just have, I wanted to do an episode about young people, like before they were 20 years old, uh, who are in the space. And I met at the same show at the Prosper show, one of the I first Prosper shows it I was, went to. Michael was on that one, wasn't he? I it was Michael. One. Michael, yeah, yeah. he was 19 at the time. And then I saw, um, I met this one uh, girl who was also 19 at the time. Um, and I was like, you know, they didn't know each other. I brought them on the show and it was crazy on the show. We actually learned that they had the same exact birthday, like two of the days. So I'm like, this is so perfect. Like guys, you've got to get together. Now, as it stands, it didn't happen that coupling I'm at, but tonight in about six hours, I'm going on a red eye to New Jersey because, uh, Michael is getting married. Uh, to somebody else, unfortunately. Well, no, I, wait, I shouldn't say unfortunately. His, his new wife might get mad at me, but he's getting married to a great person. But it's not the Amazon connection that I was trying to uh, trying to do. So, Kian, it's on you. You've got to be the first, you know, serious sellers podcast uh, uh, marriage uh, well, we, <laughs> somehow we, we, here. We 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 put it out there, so hopefully uh, we get some yes. uh, we get some inquiries. Now it's, it's actually at this time that I always ask my guests, you know, how can people find you if they want to ask more questions? But now all of a sudden you're going to get a lot of dating proposals too. But regardless of why they want to reach out to you, how can people uh, reach out to you uh, out there? Yeah, sure. So uh, pretty social. I'm on Instagram, Kian underscore JG. We've got a Facebook and a YouTube channel, both called uh, Sourcing with Kian. And uh, we've got a great series with Helium 10 called Straight from the Source, where we bring you monthly updates in supply chain. We just put out an episode uh, today as well, which is really cool. Uh, and if anyone needs any help with any sourcing projects, I do have a really cool sourcing platform called titansourcing.com. Uh, so you can check that out if you need any help with your supply chain. But look forward to seeing you guys in Vegas. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, definitely come up come say hello say what's up if you need any help and uh, let's open the laptops let's get together let's chat prices strategy all that sort of stuff that's what we're here for so look forward to meeting you guys in vegas yes and, and his tinder profile is also sourcing with key not <laughs> i don't know what it is chris uh what about you if people want to find you on the interwebs out there and reach out to you obviously they're going to be able to ask you questions in person um at sell and scale but but if they can't wait until then how, how can they reach you out there yeah, you can contact me at chris at 10xgrowthpartners.com, website 10xgrowthpartners, 
talks about our wholesale model as well as our brand protection piece. Um, also, I will be holding a speed dating event in uh, Las Vegas for Keen and I. He has, doesn't know about that yet, but we're going to talk offline because that's definitely happening after this call. And um, anybody can reach me on, I'm just on my personal, <laughs> but uh, Chris.Law1 on Instagram. Um, but yeah, shoot me an email. I'm always happy to pay it forward and tell anybody and give them advice. I'm not here to try to charge somebody if it's a simple fix. I want to make sure people, when I had no resources and I wish I had somebody I could reach out to, always reach out, always want to pay it forward. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, Keen and Chris, look forward to seeing you on the Zumba fitness stage with me in a few weeks and then on the sell and scale uh, stage. So uh, we'll be seeing you guys soon. Awesome. Can't Thank wait. you so much. Cheers.